Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of Southern Fried Football. On this week's episode, we take a look back at week three of the college football season. We break down the top games, biggest upsets, and winners and losers of the weekend. We will finish the show with our two-minute drill. You are listening to Southern Fried Football. Welcome back. Uh, Cook, how you doing after week three? You really going to ask me that? <laughs> Shoot, man. Rough week. Bama. <laughs> at least at least y'all lost after Bama did. Bama yeah. lost. So, I mean, we're both in the same boat. One loss. Uh, could be worse. Still in the still in the running for the playoffs. Could it be worse? Just a lot more pressure on us now. Both of us. Um, but let's talk about week three. But um, we'll get into week three. Let's hit the rankings. The rankings um, dropped yesterday. The new top 25, Georgia State at 1, Michigan at 2, Texas jumped up a spot to number 3, Florida State dropped a spot to 4, uh, UFC State at 5, Ohio State 6, Penn State 7, Washington at 8, Notre Dame at 9, Oregon jumped 3 spots to number 10, um, Utah moved up 1 spot to 11, LSU moved up 2 spots to number 12, Bama dropped 3 spots uh, to 13. Um, Oregon State moved up two spots to 14. Ole Miss, two spots to 15. Oklahoma, three spots to 16. North Carolina, three spots to 17. Uh, Duke to 18 at three spots. Colorado dropped a spot. Uh, we'll get into that game in a minute. Miami jumped two spots to 20. Washington State coming in at 21. UCLA at 22. Tennessee dropped 12 spots to 23. Iowa jumped one spot to 24. And Florida... Uh, coming in at 25 to being unranked. Um, K-State dropped out of the top 25 after their loss to Missouri. Yeah, lots of changes in this uh, top 25 AP poll. But uh, you'd expect that after the weekend that just took place. Um, lots of crazy games, lots of close games. It seemed like a struggle weekend for many teams. Um, you want to get into that now? Or do you want to hit losers and winners of this week? What do you want to do? Uh, yeah, let's just take a look at each game. We'll come back to the big ones. All right, so going down the list, Thursday night, Miami got it done pretty handily, 48-7. to um, Not much to talk about there. Moving on to Saturday, let's see, I don't have the time slots, so Alabama and Tennessee are at the top because I have them highlighted, but we'll come back to those. Um, Florida State, Boston College, dude, that was a very, very close game. Uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, you got to think, like, surely this was just a look-ahead game. That's not the Florida State we saw week one. Uh, definitely not the Boston College I thought we'd see. Uh, Boston College played gritty. It was red bandana game. Um, game I always look forward to every year. I actually didn't realize it was going to happen this past week, though. Um, but they came out. They were trying to uh, spoil the party for the Seminoles, but they just couldn't get quite over the hump. Losing 31-29 in that one. Yeah, I think it was a trap game for Florida State. You know, they got Clemson, They go to Clemson next week. So Speaking of trap games, <clears throat> Wyoming and Texas. Uh, Texas only up 10-7 to uh, going into halftime, and then Wyoming tied it 
during the third quarter before a 21-point um, onslaught by Texas there in the fourth. Yeah, that was a very close game. Uh, Quinn Ewers did not impress me that game. Um, but they're coming off a high emotional win uh, yeah. in Tuscaloosa, so maybe give them some slack there. Yeah, that's the kind of opponent you need after beating a big team like that. Yeah, so that was the one to keep my eye on. Um, Penn State, Illinois. I thought Illinois would do some more than they did. You told me straight up on the last episode, don't don't bank on them. And I should have listened to you. Uh, they got beat 30-13 to 13 by Penn State. Yeah, I've seen too much of Illinois now. I know, I know how to predict how their season's going to go. And let me go ahead and say this. I was totally wrong on Mississippi State. The Cowbell did not have any factor in this game. <laughs> uh, LSU blew them out the water, 41-14. Thoughts on that? Daniels looked good. Yeah, I was watching that game. I, I can't remember who exactly said it, but um, somebody on Twitter said it best that if you're going to run the type of offense that Mississippi State's running, you can't have – bottom of the SEC resources and talent. Um, they're trying to run not necessarily a bully ball, but a, a run first style of offense that's only going to work if you have top O linemen, top running backs. And they got their offensive system obviously was for the air raid under Leach, and they just don't have the facilities for that, uh, if you will. So, um wasn't good for their offense this past weekend. No. I will say, Jaden Daniels played a heck of a game. Made me eat my words uh, talking about how unimpressive he's looked so far this year. I know at one point he was like 10-10. Uh, had a really good day against Mississippi State. Yeah, no. And I, I'm eating my words, too, because I said he wasn't even the best quarterback in this matchup. And then looking at the stats, 30 for 34, 361 yards, two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. On 15 carries for 64 yards. And Malik Neighbors also had a day catching 239 of those passes. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. And Will Rogers went 11 for 28 for 103 yards. So he made me eat my words. But uh, LSU seems to have found a little spark. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they can keep it going. Um, number 15, Kansas State travels to Missouri and ends up losing on a 61-yard field goal. Thoughts on that game? Luther Burden. He is cold. I knew he was good. Obviously, he was like a top 10 prospect. I know number one out of Missouri a couple years ago, uh, being a sophomore now. And they did all they could to keep him in state this year. And I know they're glad they did, uh, throwing all the NIL money they could at him. Um, This Missouri team, I'm really surprised that we're not seeing them in the top 25 this week. Uh, I thought a win like that over Kansas State might – be enough to put them up in that conversation but I guess they're going to have to keep proving it. Um, Can they keep that kind of consistency? We'll see. I thought Kansas State was a good team coming off a Big 12 championship a year ago. Um, Not everybody from the SEC is going to play like Kansas State is but then again we're not sure if the SEC is up to SEC standards this year so we'll we'll see. What did you uh, think about that uh, time management and play calling on that last drive. Did you watch that? It was very, very bad by Missouri, but luckily they got bailed out by the 61-yard kick. I didn't keep up with it. I knew there was the uh, – was it a false start or something like that? I Pushed them so. back five yards. Yeah. Uh, and I thought at that point that they were going to throw a Hail Mary. <laughs> I know the announcers did too. And then out of nowhere, this unit of a man kicks a 61-yarder. Yeah, it was wild. Uh but if he missed, then you're looking at a totally different headline, play calling and 
coaching could be bad. But they held out, hit the field goal, 61 yards. Uh, I don't know if that's the longest in college football history or not, but that is a freaking dang good kick. Longest in Missouri history, okay. or in SEC history. SEC. Missouri, I think, had one that was slightly longer, but it was back when they were in the Big 12. I remember them saying that. <clears throat> okay. Um, so, yeah, they get the they get the job done, go 3-0. and They got Memphis next week, both 3-0. and We'll preview that game next episode. Um, Utah got it done, 31-7 over Weber State. Notre Dame handled business, 41-17. Um, that was a trap game for them, in my opinion, but they handled business, and they have a big game next week against Ohio State, and we'll break that down next episode. The uh, South Carolina-Georgia game, bro, let's talk about that. That I said South Carolina was going to do good, um, and they were up 14-3 at half, mm-hmm. and I thought that they could finish it out, but they didn't score another point. Uh, Georgia won 24-14. Still didn't impress me, though. Yeah, this was more of a game of how bad Georgia looked than it was how good South Carolina looked. And that's really not fair to South Carolina, but that's just kind of how it is. Uh, They looked great the first half, but then they failed to score a single point there in the second half. Um, Something you can't do if you're going to try and upset this team. For a moment, I thought that they had the chance. Uh, Definitely had the momentum there for a while. I think they kept on panning out to uh, Beamer's kids out in the crowd a little while during that game, but... Overall, fun game, entertaining game. Uh, one of the better ones in that window. Makes me definitely realize that Georgia is vulnerable. Uh, something that nobody thought coming into this season. No, for sure. Um, seems like a lot of teams are vulnerable after this week. Maybe it was just a struggle week. Maybe there's a lot of games like that, but Texas didn't look as good. Um Alabama looked terrific. We'll get into that. Talked about Florida State. <clears throat> yeah, Florida State. Uh, Tennessee had a slip up. We'll break all this down uh, further, but rolling down the list, San Diego State loses to Oregon State 26-9. Uh, Oklahoma handles business against Tulsa, winning 66-17. North Carolina uh, beat Minnesota 31-13. Drake May, low-key case for Heisman, possibly. Pretty big day for him uh, through the air, 414 yards, two touchdowns. One thing that looks like it's going to hold him back is his interceptions. I know he threw two in that game. want to say he threw two uh, against Carolina and then maybe one or two against App State. I'm not 100% sure on that. Yeah, no, that's that's the one, the downfall. But if he keeps putting up those stat numbers with 400 yards, he may get an invite uh, if they go for him. Hey. Maybe he'll go to the Jameis Winston route, go for 30 for 30 this year. Yeah. 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. <laughs> Maybe so, bro. Uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how they pan out their season because there's a lot of teams in the ACC that are pretty pretty stacked. Mm-hmm. North Carolina, uh, Florida State, Clemson is – I don't know how they're going to do, but we'll see that this coming up week when they play Florida State. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of Duke, they got the job done, 38-14 against Northwestern. Um Mike Elko's got it going on there. Uh, who do they have next? Do we know? I know we're going to hit that next episode, but they have UConn next. So they, I think okay. UConn's 0-3, so they should move to 4-0. Then they'll have Notre Dame. So this mm-hmm. could be a trap game for them, but we'll break that down next episode. Uh, Iowa and Western Michigan. Iowa won 41-10. Shout out Brian Ferentz. Getting more than 25 points this game. Making up for the previous games where he scored less than that. Needing to maintain that average this year. Oh, yeah. 
good day for him. Uh, Ohio State gets the job done 63 to 10 over Western Kentucky. They got a big game next week, as we mentioned earlier, uh, against Notre Dame. Your boy Michael Penix Jr. got the job done 41 to 7 over Michigan State. Never a doubt. No, and I saw that uh, Michigan State is firing. They're in the process of firing their mm. coach. Um, so we'll see if we get any of the replacements right. <laughs> Last episode we predicted. Uh, so Washington got it done 41 to 7. Washington State won 64 to 21 over Northern Colorado. UCLA won 59 to 7 over North Carolina Central. Number two, Michigan won 31 to 6. But don't let that score fool you. I think it was what 10 6 or. 14-6 at uh, half. I knew uh, McCarthy, yeah. He threw for three interceptions during that game, more interceptions than touchdowns. <clears throat> yeah, and it was, what, yeah, 14-6 14, 14, at half. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Michigan, I don't know how they didn't drop, to be honest, struggling. But the, the spread will fool you if you look at it. Um, Ole Miss, Georgia Tech, the spread will fool you as well. Because uh, what was it at half? Let's see, it was 10-3 ten ten at half. Uh, but Ole Miss ended up pouring points on, winning 48-23. to um, Possibly a trap game for them because they go to Tuscaloosa next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll break that game down next episode. Like we talked about earlier, Texas-Wyoming. Um, Texas got it done 31-10, to but not pretty. Um, Oregon kills Hawaii 55-10. to Bo Nix is trying to make a Heisman statement off a, a trash Hawaii team. I'm just going to say, you know, we talked about how annoying the Bo Nix like, campaign is billboards all across the country, game day and all. I'm on ESPN website looking at the scores and all. And I'm and getting like ads bodacious. for Bodacious. Yeah, bro, I saw that earlier, bro. That's ridiculous. I hate it. Uh, but he did throw for 247 yards and three touchdowns. But then again, it's one in three Hawaii. So yeah. let's not overhype it. We'll see his test next week against Colorado. Uh, not that they have a stout defense, I don't think. But we'll see how they Not do. the best defense, but should be a very high-scoring game. Speaking of Colorado, we'll just go and break this one down since we're at the game. Uh, 43-35, Colorado pulls it out in double overtime. Did you stay up to watch that game? Yes, quite possibly the most entertaining game um, of the weekend. Uh, definitely glad that we got the back and forth from them throughout the week to make me convinced to stay up for it. Um, trying to think. Let me look at the game log. I think it was about a minute left in the game uh, when they were down eight, and then a minute fifteen or so. Yeah, then Shadur just sends them down the field like ninety two, ninety three yards, and punch it in, get the two point conversion, and uh, send them to overtime and take care of business in double overtime. It was a heck of a game. Um, let's see. <clears throat> Two takeaways from that game for me. Um, number one, Colorado is going to make a bowl game. Oh, definitely. They're going to make a bowl game. Number two, Shadur Sanders is, is legit. Yes. Um, I was uh, texting <clears throat> Monty, big Titans fan. I was saying, tank for Caleb, tank for Shadur. Please sign him today. I don't care. Do whatever you got to do. Did you know that both Sanders' sons scored in that game? It's pretty cool. Shiloh Sanders had an interception. About to say pick six. Yeah, pick six. It says uh, Shiloh Sanders' 80-yard interception return. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not catch that game, the first half of it, caught the second half. <clears throat> um, but, man, the second half was insane. Yeah, I was kind of sulking during the first half, but the second half made me feel better. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to stay up, but I saw they were down, what, 11? 
mm-hmm. with what, 11 minutes or 10 minutes in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and then Brady mode. <clears throat> like uh, Sanders said, he just thought Brady mode. So, um, also, Travis Hunter got hurt in that game. Uh, was it lacerated liver? Yeah, I think that's what they came out with. I, if I'm not mistaken, he got popped, came back into the game, and then left the game, went to the hospital. Yes, I think you're right. Crazy. Um, Weaver is probably one of the best receivers as of definitely one of the top receivers in the country and and let's give them their prop colorado state's got two wide receivers who's going to be playing on sunday uh horton being one of them i can't remember the other guy's name but both of those guys stepped up big when their quarterback and team needed them to and they showed out no for sure uh definitely kept it closer than i thought they would um thought they would win for a second and i thought coach prime would have to eat some words um I couldn't tell what would be more entertaining, him post-loss press conference or him post-win press conference. Uh, post-win was pretty entertaining. Uh, and have we found out where game day's going next week? South Bend. South Bend for mm-hmm. Ohio State Notre Dame. Okay, mm-hmm. well, if that game wasn't that week, I guarantee they'd be in Oregon, right? That's in mm-hmm. Oregon. Um, <clears throat> I think they might be taking a trip back to Colorado here oh, yeah. soon. Yeah. Uh, if Colorado takes care of business this week, they'll be back in Boulder. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, Shadir Sanders, that was the highlight for me. I just, I'm going to read his stat line just to give him props. 38 for 47, 348 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. However, the interception was off a tip pass, mm-hmm. I think, and it really wasn't his fault, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, he looks legit. Uh, moving moving along, let's hit uh, the – we'll start with the Alabama-South Florida game, if that's cool with you. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people overreacting – to this, uh, when I got news that Buckner was starting, this was the game I anticipated how it would go. Uh, Alabama won seventeen to three in South Florida. However, don't let that score fool you. They were down three to zero for the longest. Went through a rain delay, uh, then tied it up three three, and then ended up scoring two touchdowns. But some takeaways for the Bama fans: number one, I told y'all Jalen Miro is QB one, and they should have never doubted that. I don't know if he was suspended. That that's why he didn't play. I saw some rumors that he was suspended, um, and Nick Saban was trying to teach him a lesson. But Buckner is not it. At, like that's one thing we know. Buckner is not it. Number two, Ty Simpson did not play bad. However, I think Milro is is QB one. I think he's a better guy. And as of today, we heard Nick Saban announce him as QB one. Um, but looking at this game, Muff punt gave him three points. Um, defense looked good. However. We looked sloppy and like we weren't even trying to play there. Um, but a lot of Bama fans are overreacting, saying we're losing, we're done. I don't think so. I think it's the opposite. I think that we found out who our, our identity in offense. I think we know now that Milrow is QB1. I think we will have to build the offense around him and play to his style no more in the pocket. I think we're going to have some QB sweeps, some jump passes, some screen passes, um, QB design runs. And I think we can compete with anybody with the defense that we have. So, um, we'll, I'm curious to see how we do against Ole Miss. We'll break that down next episode. But probably one of the worst games I watched as an Alabama fan in the Saban era. Um, your thoughts on that? Um, so I heard somebody else give this theory. Uh, I know <clears throat> when a locker room 
doesn't have its leader out on the field. And I assume Milrow is perceived as, like, he's the guy, he's the leader in the locker room. <clears throat> Teams don't always show up when leaders not getting his respect. And, and that's what I believe Josh Pate uh, of Late Kick, he theorized that the team didn't give 100% effort in this game, which, yeah, I don't think if you play USF against <clears throat> and, and versus Alabama game week one, and if Milrow wasn't playing – I don't think that's the kind of performance you get out of the team. Uh, I, I think it was just, you know, maybe the team quit on them, and maybe that's something that Saban needs to address with the players. But, but you know, between that and how terrible the conditions were in the first half, uh, definitely found out real quick that Buckner isn't an option and should never be an option if you plan to win a game. Uh, Ty didn't look terrible. But with the current state of the offensive line, I wouldn't want him back there because it doesn't look like he knows when to run. Um, he can definitely make the passes. He made one, probably one of the better ones of the season for the Todd, but I'd just be afraid of getting him hurt at this point. So I think Milrow, he definitely knows when to run. Maybe a little too quick to run sometimes, but uh, he's not going to get back there and get hurt. Um He's someone I probably trust the most in this. Um, if I was Alabama, just depends on if you can get the script for him. Yeah, no, exact, exactly. If you can dial the right plays up, uh, Tommy Reese, uh, that's your QB one. All right, so you need to figure it out. Dial the plays up that best fit him, and this season could be turned around. Uh, you saw it in what 2015, where we started off like this with a loss to Ole Miss, and then. We made a QB change, however, we didn't this time. We tried, but mm-hmm. it wasn't necessary. The, I think the problem is the O-line, as we talked about. So to fix that, just dial up different plays and get them out of the pocket. Did you mention <clears throat> um, rumors talking about Milrow, why he wasn't starting? Uh, I, I mentioned a while ago, I think. I don't know why he was – I think there was okay. suspension. Mm-hmm. Uh, not sure on why. Um Maybe attitude after being benched. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. But I, I have seen several sources say that um, that's why he didn't come in. However, if we lose that game, that would have been our season. We're lucky our defense is pretty legit. Um, yeah, definitely something to hang your hat on is how good your defense is. So the season is still still alive. Mm-hmm. just want people to know that. I know a lot of Alabama fans are hanging their head thinking the season's over. I feel revamped. I figured this is how that game would go if we're testing QBs. There's not going to be a lot of offense. Um, our defense looked good. O-line needs work. Still time. Um, got a week before Ole Miss comes in. Uh, we'll break that game down next week. I'm not going to give away my thoughts on that yet. But, yeah, overall, take on it was I'm glad Miro's back. Um, we needed him at QB. O-line needs to improve. Defense looks solid. Clean up special teams. No more punts. And then clean up penalties. Um, moving along. Do you want to hit on anything else before we talk about UT Florida? I'm going to delay the inevitable just for a few games. I feel like we looked over. TCU took care of Houston, 36-13. Not that it's a huge win for TCU, but uh, Holgerson at Houston, definitely the hot seat's warming up down there. Um, Backyard brawl. West Virginia got a win over Pitt. I did not see that coming. Um I definitely thought Narduzzi would be able to go down there, take care of business. I didn't think this was a West Virginia team that 
would probably have a coach here uh, by the middle of the season. And uh, right now they're two and one. That one loss coming to Penn State on the road. Uh, Syracuse, a team I told you about, took care of business against Purdue uh, on the road at Purdue. Um, love the Big Orange. Uh, I think they'll take care of business at least for the first half of their schedule. Kentucky finally looked like they had a pulse on their offense. Uh, took care of business 35-3 over Akron. And then before we make fun of Tennessee, BYU goes into Arkansas, takes care of business there late, uh, 38-31 over the Hogs. Uh, definitely not a great night in Fayetteville. Not a good night for Sam Pittman there. No, for sure. I was shocked by that. Um, I didn't even get to watch that game. I caught the end of it. So I don't really know what led to that or what happened to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, BYU just hadn't looked in, or hadn't been impressed with me this year, so I didn't give them a chance, and apparently the Hogs didn't either. It just didn't um, didn't turn out to be a good game. No, uh, Auburn did get a win over Sanford. We'll hit on that, forty five thirteen. However, I don't think they scored. Yeah, they didn't score until the second quarter, mm. but they put up seventeen. Uh, Vandy got beat by UNLV. Did not see that coming, to be honest. Uh, Did you see their graphic post game? Uh uh-uh. uh. UNLV posted the score and then said it just means more. Oh my goodness. So SEC just getting clowned on from all angles right now. Uh, my other team, Troy, lost 16 to 14 against James Madison. I was hurt about that. Tough team. Yeah, heck of a game. Uh, but man, came up two points short. Can't hate on it. I think uh, James Madison is, yeah, they're 3 and 0. Troy moves to one and two. Uh, trying to make sure we didn't miss anybody else. I think you covered. Yeah, you pretty much covered everybody. Kansas picked up a win, uh, thirty-one to twenty-four over Nevada. The reason I bring them up is because they got a big game next week against BYU, who's also mm-hmm. three and zero now. That'll be a game we have to talk about next week too. Both unranked, but still a fun game. Bunch of games next week. I'm so excited for. Oh yeah. All None right. None of involving Tennessee. Let's 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 break the Tennessee fans' hearts a little bit and talk about the game this weekend. Um, 29-16, Florida over Tennessee in the swamp. Cook, I'll let you lead off. Give me your thoughts. Uh, talk to the fans. Hopefully cheer them up a little bit. Tell them there's hope. There's no hope. <laughs> I'm kidding. Just a very faint glimmer. Um, Going to the swamp. You're up 7 nothing. Getting ready to drain it. And then... Give up a touchdown. That's not too bad. Blocked the extra point. Feel like we got the momentum back. Uh, it was your second blocked kick of the game. And then the second quarter happened. And you got outscored 20 to nothing. And that was it from the Vols. Um, it just seemed like their defense was just swarming us. Couldn't make any plays happen. You got killed on both lines of scrimmage in this game. Your tackling was very poor in the first half. You literally had one guy uh, make a 62, 60, 70-yard run touchdown because instead of your secondary tackling him back there, he just kind of chest bumps him, thinks he's going to fall down, and he just keeps running. Um, Just very disappointing. Ah. You can ask people I watch this game with. I was just at a loss for words. 
Uh, I know anytime we go down into the swamp, even looking back at the games we won 20 years ago now, um, crap always happens. You know, we're going to throw a pick or something like that, uh, which Milton did. Uh, and I know he wished he could take that back and just go down for the sack. But uh, things like that was definitely going to happen. But I just didn't think that we were going to just lay down and let them run all over us. Um, I think I mentioned in the preview for this game, historically this was a, a series where you win the run game, you win the game, and that was just the case on Saturday. Etienne having 172 yards rushing, uh, compared to our top rusher having 63, uh, there's just never really a chance at that point. Graham Merch didn't impress me. He didn't have a bad game by any means, but uh, and by that I mean he didn't turn the ball over, but he didn't have to do much because once they were up, they just had to run the clock. Um, the one guy we talked about on their team, Wilson, he got hurt there in the first quarter. I thought that was going to help us win the game because he had like rushed for two long games and then had a big reception for a gain and then just nothing clicked for Tennessee um some people pointing finger towards Milton uh, I think the blame is just equally distributed between him uh the lines of scrimmage the defense mainly the secondary again um and then I, I feel like you, you obviously got to put a put a little bit of blame on the play calling and the coaching in this game. Uh, we just didn't have our heads where we needed to be whenever we got a little bit of adversity. We just crumbled. Um, seems like Tennessee just has a big issue lately of having some soft guys when it comes to adversity. Uh, I hate to say that, but uh, that's just how it's perceived. Yeah. Um, my thoughts – Tennessee's offense did, didn't show up. They didn't look like Tennessee last year. Um, don't know if that's because Hooker was back there or if you already high it. Um, the offense didn't seem as high tempo mm-hmm. last year. Um, Swamp's a tough place to play. Nothing to hang your head about. Um, still a lot of season left. I'm trying to I'm trying to give hope back into the – I know <coughs> how I felt after we lost. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, in all honesty, losing sucks. But – you lost one game. Mm-hmm. You lose two games, we can we can be sad. We can. And you lose a game, you're always cursed to lose. Yeah, so I mean, no damage done. You beat Georgia, everybody forgets about this game. And I would definitely forgive them if they if they beat Georgia. So, I'll tell you that. But and you got Georgia at home. That's another positive. <laughs> you got UTSA to clean up this week. South Carolina at home, get some revenge back. Texas A and M at home, beat them. Then you go to Alabama. That's your next big test. Um. But with Alabama looking like they are right now, that's a winnable game. Um, I will say this. I don't want to poke too much fun. I don't know who it was, but I saw it. it may have been Hodges. Was that who tweeted? Probably. Tennessee is back. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh, come on. I thought he's a Tennessee fan. He he don't know what he is. Um, uh, one thing I'm curious, looking forward, I'm definitely going to observe a lot more. I want to say in the Hypo era, Tennessee is five and five on the road. Um, trying to think of those five losses, definitely Alabama's first year, Georgia last year, South Carolina last year, 
now Florida this year, and I guess it had been Florida his first year as well. Tip, or I guess primarily looking in on Florida this year, Georgia, South Carolina, even last year, uh, mainly in those three games. I wonder if, because I think the biggest issue was pre-snap penalties, aside from just getting bullied on the line, pre-snap penalties absolutely killed us. A whole lot of false starts, having to take timeouts because we don't we don't know what we're running, not sure how to line up. Looking forward, I'm wondering if playing in these big games, these loud environments, if it's just something you can't do with this offense. Not to say that it's just absolutely quiet when we play in England, but um, I wonder if playing on the road plays just a huge impact into that because I, I guess it's just very hard to play fast whenever you're in those kind of environments. And for me... The first drive was quick when we scored the touchdown. It was two minutes. But then after that, even when we scored that field goal there in the third quarter, it was like a five-minute drive. Um, Then your last one when you scored the touchdown, 55-yard pass to Brew, it was a minute drive, which, you know, that was good. But we were in desperation mode at that point. And, you know, you could say that we did so good because we were going fast. You could also flip it and say – yeah, they were just playing back, so I'm not sure which way you want to go with that. But uh, that, that's one thing I'm going to be looking forward, uh, especially when we get to that Alabama game. Is our offense just completely incompetent because the crowd's taking us out of the game as opposed to just the team on the other side of the football? You know, for sure. Um, like in the Alabama loss, lots of questions raised. But like I said, it's early still. I know it. It feels like uh, season's over, but it's not. Far from over, to be honest. Um, from my take, outside outside fan looking in, I'm not a fan of Tennessee, but an outside college football fan, uh, there's still life in Knoxville. Um, Fl- Florida was, they're not as bad as people thought they were after week mm-hmm. one. I feel like their QB was, that was his first start, I think, right? In, in Utah, young, young quarterback, couldn't get the ball rolling. I know it was against third string Utah, but Utah's ranked what eleven. Mm-hmm. So I mean, not not a terrible loss for Tennessee. I think the thing that disappointed me the most was I thought we had a good defense. Uh, I guess I just jumped the gun too quick looking at Virginia, Austin P. Uh, I thought we'd be able to hold them uh, to a lower score than twenty nine. Part of that, I guess you could say, maybe take a touchdown away from that pick where they ran it, I think, down inside our 20-yard line. Um, then there may have been another flag or something, but maybe take that one away. It's 22-16 to 16 or 22, you know, however that plays out at that point. So maybe we did a little bit better on defense than I thought, but that first half just giving up 20 points in the second quarter, we just can't allow that if we're going to win a game. Um our offense is supposed to work kind of like Anaconda where you're supposed to get on top early. You're supposed to suffocate your opponent uh, and not let up on the gas because you, once they're once they're down, it gets in their head where they can't come back. Uh, and that's – it was just the opposite in this game. They got ahead of us early, and it was just hard for us to get any momentum back. Well, first test of the, of the year, like Nick Saban said, it's the midterm, not the final. Um 
game kind of went same as Alabama. Penalties and turnover. A turnover killed you. Set them up for a touchdown. Um, offense needs to find its identity. Uh, receivers need to catch. Milton needs to be more aware in the pocket. I mean, I thought he did fine. I don't think it's on him either. But I don't think – do you think you'll see a quarterback change this season? Looking at a quarterback change, I don't see it as a fan. Or I guess I don't see it as uh, someone who keeps up with the program very closely. As a fan, I wouldn't be afraid of going there if uh, we just look like – if we don't look any more improved uh, after this week. Um on the back half of the season, I definitely want Nico at least just getting reps. If he's going to be what we want him to be, a first-round quarterback, uh, being taken his junior year, getting paid $8 million in college, I want him getting playing time now. Really, the only reason I wouldn't want him um, is because, not because I think Milton could lead us anywhere uh, to a title or anything, but because I don't want him getting hurt because that offensive line just did not hold up for him. And – uh, I think somebody read the stats uh, on a radio show I listened to saying like nine of their pressures they got on us was either them sending three or four guys, and you can't give up that many pressures without them sending a linebacker or something. No, no. Same story as Alabama. You saw that with Texas. They, mm-hmm. I think they rushed three, maybe four. Uh, Alabama took five sacks this week too, so that's something to clean up. Like I said, it's still early for both teams. Uh, nothing to hang your head about. Heupel's a solid coach. Um, so, yeah, long season ahead. We'll see how they bounce back. Uh, you want to hit the three losers and the three winners for the week? Let's do winners and losers. All right, we'll start with the losers. All right, so I'll give my three, and then I'll let you give your three. Okay. Um, my biggest overall loser was Tyler Buckner. Uh, you had your shot, and did you blow it? Yes, tremendously. Um we won't see him again. Um, so that was my. Overall. You better hope not. Yeah, I, I really hope not. That was our overall loser. Uh, the second loser was the Alabama fans. That was a horrific game to watch. Like I mentioned earlier, the worst game I've ever watched. But I anticipated it because um, they wanted to see the other QBs, which I don't get. But I'm glad Milrose won. Um, and then Tennessee uh, just came out flat. No offense, it looked like. And uh, blew a big opportunity. Because if Tennessee won this game, then you're looking at. Tennessee is legit and not just a fluke year, which I don't think mm-hmm. it was. And they still have a chance to establish that. It's just going to take a lot more pressure and on in the season, and they have to win against Georgia and Alabama to make that known. Or just Georgia and then see Alabama that's his championship. But who are your losers for this week? Um, third loser is going to be Arkansas. Losing that game at home, um, I don't know, what is it? Fourth, fifth, maybe sixth year, Sam Pittman. Uh, I know you got two new coordinators, and the big question coming in this year was, can is Sam Pittman anything without his coordinators? And you lost this first test, and really shouldn't have been a test. I know they were, I think, eight-point favorites at home, but uh, definitely a team you should have took care of. You had them taken care of there for a while and just let them come back. Second loser is going to be uh, Coach Gundy out of Oklahoma State. Can you guess how many quarterbacks they've played so far this year? No idea. Two? They played three. And can you guess how many of those got injured and 
was while they're playing three. Two. Zero. Uh, nobody's gotten injured. Right now, their leading passer has 52 attempts and 230 yards uh, in Allen Bowman. Um, I was looking at, I think they're like 92nd in passing in the country. They are 107th in rushing yards a game in the country. Twenty or Tied for 110th in points four in the country. So just not good time at Oklahoma State right now. I don't think Mike Gundy would be on the hot seat if they were to miss a bowl game or anything this year with him being out there 16, 17 years. But uh, definitely something that whenever Oklahoma State announced that they were sold out of season tickets, nothing that they thought they were going to run into. Um, Shout out South Alabama going on the road and beating Oklahoma State this week 33-7. And, of course, biggest loser of the weekend, Tennessee. Hypel, very disappointing game. One thing, I guess, if you're just absolutely praying on Tennessee's downfall to think of, at UCF, Hypel in year three, COVID year, I think they barely made a bowl game. We're on the fringe of it. And one of the things that people were saying is that he lost control of the team. So, year three at Tennessee, he had he had a better second year than first year, unlike he did at UCF. He, he got a worse record each year. Might be something to keep an eye on, see if he loses the locker room. I don't think that's the case. Definitely way too early to make those assumptions now. Uh, but if you're praying on our downfall, Maybe something to think about, or at least have in your back pocket to annoy Tennessee fans. Looking at winners, uh, Brock, you want to do yours? You want me to do mine? I'll do mine. Okay. All right. Uh, my third winner was Missouri. I uh, thought that was a big win for them. Not many people expected them to win. Um, you beat a ranked team, uh, number 15, Kansas State. Your field goal kicker set a record in the SEC. Uh, uh, Got to be a first-round draft pick. Yeah, sure. When he's eligible. Um and now you got Memphis uh, to possibly go four and zero, and then I can't I can't remember who's after that. It was a winnable game, uh, Bandy I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so possibly looking at a five and zero start if you can get the job done. So I think Missouri that was a big win for them this week, um, and maybe they get ranked. Uh, my second winner was Milrow, um, Jalen Milrow from Alabama. Not that he played, uh, but they look Alabama looked horrific without him, and they need him. And so basically, he he won the starting job without taking a snap. So, uh, big winner, second biggest winner, in my opinion, and then the third biggest winner was Florida, and Billy Napier. Uh, Napier needed that win. Uh, I think he avoids the hot seat for a little longer. Um, and I think Florida has life in their program now a little, going two and one, um, possibly a chance to compete for the East um, if they can beat Georgia. So, yeah, that's my three winners. What about you? My three winners, I want to start off with people like me who stayed up for Colorado, Colorado State. If you stayed up for that, it was one, our, our time, Central time. Uh, so pat on our backs for doing that. You are well rewarded with how that game turned out. Winner number two, just like you, Billy Napier. Um, last year, he got swept by all the big rivals, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida State. Uh, didn't think that there was much of a chance for him to win any of those games this year but if there was one game that 
he had his best chance out. It was probably going to be Tennessee at home. He got the job done. Um, I think as long as they make a bowl, he's going to avoid the hot seat this year and being fired. So I, I think Florida be happy to have him have this class stay together, which is already very highly ranked. Then my number one winner, we alluded to it earlier, Iowa offense coordinator Brian Ferentz. You need to average 25 points a game. He got, I think, 21 or 20 in the first, 24th in the second game, and 41 this week against Western Michigan. Got to keep stacking up those points, man. You're going to keep that job. Going to stick with daddy up there in Iowa uh, in the cornfield. So uh, keep ra- racking that up. You'll keep getting that money. Oh, yeah. Uh, crazy week three. Um, lots of unexpected games that were close. Lots of upsets. Um, looking forward to week four. Hey, I'm over week three. Week yeah, four, this- don't have to worry about Tennessee game because win or lose, I'm not going to watch. There's way too many games to worry about Tennessee this weekend. And I'm glad Alabama got the early shift. We got 2.30 instead of waiting all day. Mm-hmm. Get our game over. And it was well, the same time as Colorado-Oregon, which made me mad. Mm-hmm. Um, but get our game over and then watch USC-Notre Dame. I'm oh, not New USC. Ohio State-Notre Dame, sorry. Um, and then some big games like that going down the Clemson, stretch. Clemson-Florida State oh. kicking off the day. Oh, dude, <laughs> yeah. So lots of good games week four. We'll break those down next week. Let's hit the two-minute drill. Um Let's do uh, Heisman candidates through week three, I guess, who we'd pick as our Heisman candidates. Um, I'll let you start, or do you want me to go? I don't really care how we do it. I'll start. I'll do one. You do one, and we'll just give three. All right. Uh, my first one is going to be one who I've been high on this whole time. Uh, I was high on him at his former school. Now he's in his first school, first year at his new school. That would be at Notre Dame, and that's Sam Hartman. Um, this guy just can sling the rock. And I had a feeling that his odds would jump uh, drastically if they beat Ohio State. Last week, somebody said that they were up in the plus 2,000s. Now it's already at plus 1,000. And I feel like if he knocks off Ohio State and puts up decent numbers, you know, 30s or higher, he's going to be right up there with Caleb Williams for the best odds for the Heisman. So Sam Hartman's going to be uh, my favorite Heisman candidate right now. He's just looked very impressive this season, and he's made me want to actually watch Notre Dame, which I've never wanted to before. Now I feel that. My uh, my overall right now is like that. I never wanted to watch Colorado, but I love watching Shadur Sanders. Uh, he's my favorite to win it right now. Um, especially if they can knock off Oregon and give a game to USC or knock off USC. Um, so that's why I have it won. Um, my second overall is Quinn Ewers from Texas. Didn't have a great week last week, but the previous week stunned Alabama in Tuscaloosa um, and plenty, plenty of games on the schedule to put up numbers and slide into the playoff spot to really make some noise. So that's my second pick. My second Another guy I was very high on at the beginning of the season, picked him to win the conference, Michael Penix, coming out of Washington. He was a guy who was very fun to watch at Indiana, a guy that right now I wish was enrolled at Tennessee. I don't know if that offensive line would hold up for him or not, but uh, he'd be very fun to watch in this hypo offense, and he's very fun to watch in that Washington offense. 
absolutely took care of business against Michigan State, and I see that foregoing the rest of the year. Uh, he's just a very talented quarterback. Should see him play on Sundays or at least make a roster uh, this upcoming year. So uh, he is my number two. All right. My, my, oh, you, you I'll, go, I'll go. Number, I'll let you finish. Uh, my number three, because mine's obvious. My number three is Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, I just put him on there because he's making a lot of noise right now. Granted, they haven't played anybody, but this is through week three. Um, and so I'd have to take him up there as well. Uh, but they do have games coming up. Who do they have this week? USC. They were off last week, I believe. Um, and I'm not sure if they have a huge game this week. But they have Arizona State this week. So, And then they go to Colorado. And if Colorado can win against Oregon, that game right there will be a Heisman game to watch too. Shadur and Caleb Williams square off. Man. In Boulder. Oh, my goodness. Trying to fly out to that game? <laughs> I'll be down listener feel free to donate uh, just contact us if you need to Email. know where to send the money um, my third I guess I'll just go chalk go Bo Nix he's put up the numbers he just hadn't put up the numbers against quality competition uh, I don't think Colorado is necessarily going to make me think that he's proven it but uh, if he just consistently keeps up these numbers Keeps his interceptions low. I mean, he's going to have a good chance. He already has the campaign out, so I guess I'll just go Bo Nix. I'm surprised he hasn't signed a deal with Bojangles. You know, their motto is, is Bo time. Oh, really? Like, yeah, dude, <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised. You know, they're they're advertising him for Heisman. Bojangles, if you do sign him up, I need credit for that one. Uh, that, that's like a easy yeah. NIL right there. Just send 10000 to Southern Fraud. Yeah, straight Bojangles. up. Bojangles. Buy us a studio and... And make us a video platform so we can you can see our pretty faces. Uh, but yeah, so that's our that's our Heisman picks through week three. Um, next episode, big episode, got a lot of games to break down. Um, any final thoughts? Yeah, on- next week or next episode, gonna be breaking down games that you are gonna care nothing about, but they're gonna be such fun matchups next week. Even the bad games are good games. Oh yeah, I uh, can't wait for that, and we will see y'all next episode. See ya.